culture, you know what I'm saying? I'm back. Episode 151. We gonna start this shit off right. We got badass bitches in the house tonight. We gonna start this shit off right. We got some badass bitches in the house tonight. We gonna start this shit off right. We got some badass bitches in the house tonight. We gonna start this shit off right. We got some badass bitches in the house tonight. We got some badass bitches, badass bitches, bitches outside them some sad ass bitches. Let go, let go, let go, let go. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got some badass bitches, badass bitches, bitches outside them some sad ass bitches. Let go, let go, yeah, let go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashanti. Awesome, to awesome have a child for me Got homies who ain't coming home till the cows coming Niggas with power, they tryna press our power buttons Now baby make that ass clap like it's proud of me She said I will like ill with an apostrophe It's Lil Tunchy word around on the streets That everything is working out like obliques They wanna see it obese You driving crazy, you gon' crash the vert Get out my business while you act like a clerk I got a white girl, she called me names like bastard and jerk That's when I send her ass back to the birds Fuck the right, good night, die with them open I'm with a big booty bitch dressed inappropriate Cocaine, baking soda, and some hot water Kept the fiends coming back to me, not karma Smiled at my first kilo like a proud father Smiled at my first judge like I'll be out tomorrow Keep the Glock on him, all eyes on me, I had a pop moment This a man in fresh beat and I go pop on it My homeboys proud of me like Barack homies Your homeboys tired of me, I hope they die yawning Leave your house haunted, I ain't kidding, I ain't playing Fuck up your house party, live don't you? So DJ, won't you play some more song? Cause we ain't got nowhere to go but home And we ain't got nowhere to go but wrong So DJ, won't you play some more song? Whatever I spit at a tree grow I'm a blood with some C notes And I'm getting more checks than a peephole I done been through hell and back on a steamboat Met the devil, came back feeling free, yo Game banging, tatted up like Latinos And since I'm on my Spanish shit, it's called a cinco Mommy is bionic and bisexual, bilingual Mommy is a goddess, but she got a little wing show Mommy trying to fuck me with a team, that's a team sport All these bad bitches in this bitch, but I ain't seen yours Muscle car look like I just got out the bingo Drop the top smell like I just opened a weed store A nice beat mixed with Tunchi like a cream flow With Manny first the OG, now it's a G, yo In the bitch, case it pop off. <laughs> Fresh, can you please tell these niggas I've been rich since the hot boys? <laughs> yeah. Badass dog by the screen door. Oof. Your girl walking around my house wearing nothing but my watch and my mink coat. <laughs> yeah. Now everybody throw a five, throw a five, caught a cinco. Since I'm on my Spanish shit, the mother boys finito We gon' start this shit off right We got badass bitches in the house tonight We gon' start this shit off right We got some badass bitches in the house tonight We got some badass bitches, some badass bitches Bitches outside, there's some sad ass bitches Let go Couple niggas tripping me, mugging, making fits. It's alright, it's alright, but we don't fight, no. <laughs> Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm finally back. I know that it's been a long time, but first we're gonna start off with the anniversaries, and I apologize in advance. I'm updating you on so much stuff that has happened that you probably already know. 
that was anniversary over the last three weeks. So we're going to start off with Foxy Brown, who turned 45 on September 6th. Tupac was shot in Las Vegas on the 7th in 1996, and we'll have more on that later. Easy e would have been 59 on the 7th. Justin Timberlake released his classic album Future Sex Slash Love Sounds on the 8th in 2006. Janae Aiko released her debut album Sold Out on the 9th in 2014. New Edition released Home Again, and Blackstreet released their Another Level album on the 9th in 1996. R.A. Lennox released her sophomore album Age Sex Location on the 9th last year. Jay-Z released a blueprint and Fabulous released Ghetto Fabulous, his debut album, on the 11th. Kanye West released Graduation and 50 Cent released Curtis, his album, on the 9th, or not on the 9th, on 9-11 in 2007. Ludacris turned 46 on the 11th. Chris Brown released his album X, probably a classic in my opinion, on the 12th in 2013. Two Chains turned 46 and Jennifer Hudson turned 42 on the 12th. Um, Biggie released his classic debut album, Ready to Die, on the 13th in 1994. Tupac passed away on the 13th in 1996. Kendrick Lamar released his overly dedicated mixtape on the 14th in 2010. Nas turned 50 and Amy Winehouse would have been 40 on the 14th. Old Dirty Bastard released his debut album, Nigga Please, and Eve released her debut album, Let There Be Eve, on the 14th in 1999. Keek the Sneak released his debut album, That's My Word, on the 14th in 2005. Kid Cudi released Man on the Moon, his debut album, on the 15th of 2009. Sugar Hill Gang released Rapper's Delight, which is the first commercial hip-hop record, on the 16th in 1979. Metro Boomin turned 30 on the 16th. Mariah Carey released her classic Butterfly album. Buster Rhymes released When Disaster Strikes, his classic sophomore album. And Usher released his My Way album, his classic sophomore album, on the 16th in 1997. Erica Badu released Worldwide Underground, her album, on the 16th in 2003. Neo released Year of the Gentleman on the 16th in 2008. Mac Miller released the Divine Feminine album and Usher released Hard to Love on the 16th in 2016. Mariah Carey released her classic album Emotions on the 17th in 1991. Dougie Fresh turned 57 on the 17th. Good Music released their Cruel Summer album on the 18th in 2012. Mac Miller released Good AM, his album, on the 18th in 2015. Exhibit turned 49 on the 18th. Rush Hour premiered on the 18th in 1998. Janet Jackson released her timeless album Rhythm Nation 1814 on the 19th in 1989. Lupe Fiasco released his debut album Food and Liquor on the 19th in 2006. Craig Mack released his debut album Project Funk the World on the 20th in 1994. Drake and Future released What a Time to Be Alive, their collaboration album on the 20th in 2015. The Weeknd released his now diamond single, Starboy, on the 21st in 2016. Mariah Carey released her single, Heartbreaker, on the 22nd in 1999. Janae Aiko released her album, Trip, on the 22nd in 2017. Brian McKnight released his Anytime album on the 23rd in 1997. Outkast released their timeless album, Speaker Box, The Love Below, and Nas released The Lost Tapes on the 23rd in 2002. Remember, the Titans premiered on the 23rd in 2000. A Tribe Called Quest released their classic album, The Low End Theory, on the 24th in 1991. Drake released his classic album, Nothing Was the Same, on the 24th in 2013. Keisha Cole released her classic album, Just Like You, on the 25th in 2007. Miguel released his Kaleidoscope album, It's Definitely a Classic, on the 25th in 2012. Fetty Wap released his self-titled debut album on the 25th in 2015 that featured countless hits. Childish Gambino turned 40 on the 25th, so happy birthday to Donald Glover. Janet released her album 20-Year-Old on, on the 26th in 2006. Shine released his self-titled debut album, and Bow Wow released his debut album, Beware of Dog, on the 26th in 2000. Serena Williams turned 42 on the 26th. Lil Wayne turned 41 on the 27th. Brandy released her classic self-titled album on the 27th in 1994. J. Cole released his debut album, Cold World, The Sideline Story, on the 27th and 2011. Little Kim released her album, The Naked Truth, on the 27th of 2005. Lil Wayne released The Carter Five on the 28th in 2018. Souls of Mischief released their classic album, 93 Till Infinity, on the 28th um, in 1993, of course. Jeezy turned 46 on the 28th. And today, Jay-Z released Volume 2, A Hard Knock Life. Outcast released Equimini, A Tribe Called Quest released The Love Movement, 
and Most Def and Talib released their Black Star album. All those albums came out today in 1998. And those are your anniversaries. I apologize because I know that was a lot. But yeah, that is everything that has happened since I last talked to y'all. And to get into quick news, let's cover a few things. The Warriors are close to bringing a WNBA team to the Bay. I don't have any updates on that, but I do know that that should be coming soon, probably in this next week. Also, Beyonce recently broke a record, her own record, and she just reset the box score record, grossing $179 million for her tour in August. So congratulations to Beyonce. Um, Tim's posted a new picture today with the caption of August 5th. I don't know if it's an album or a single, but something's coming soon. Jid has confirmed two projects, Forever and a Day, and there's, um, he also has a collab album coming with Metro Boomin, so be on the lookout for that. There's no release dates, but he did confirm both projects. Offset, is his new album is coming on the 13th. It's called Set It Off. Drake pushed back for all the dogs to October 6th. And um, yeah, a lot of it had to do with his tour. I'm not going to read what he wrote because I'm pretty sure all of y'all have seen that by now. But yeah, he pushed it back to October 6th, and... Slime You Out did release, and I'll talk about that song a little bit later in the episode. Chris Brown is gearing up for his album 11.11, set to drop on November 11th, and he had this to say about the album. Drops on the 11th of November, make a wish we're all on the right path. My life path number is one. I have one frequency called love, one mission, one goal, one really big dream, and one hell of a fan base, and I will not be the one to let them down. So, you know, shout out to Chris, and we're going to see how that album sounds. Will it stay 11 tracks? The world may never know but we're going to see what happens. Um, also, in big news, Usher's doing the Super Bowl halftime show. That was, I think that was uh, this week when we found that out. And he has a new album titled Coming Home, which will be dropping on the same day on February 11th. The WGA ended their strike with uh, major studios, and they signed a three-year deal. Also, remember, just because the writers got their deal does not mean the actors got theirs. They're still working on one currently, so... Be on the lookout for that, but definitely shout out to the writers, and this is uh, moving us in the right direction. Also, SZA had this to say about her upcoming album, and uh, yeah, I'm going to just let her talk for y'all. So, the deluxe is like a whole other album. It's, it's called Lana. It's seven to ten songs, and it'll be out this fall. So yeah, she was doing a live show and she put out that information. Um, so yeah. SZA will be dropping her new album, which is the deluxe of SOS called Lana this fall. It's fall now officially. I'm pretty sure the first day of fall was the 21st or 22nd was the last weekend. And we're going to see what SZA gives us, man. Seven to ten songs. That is basically a whole nother album. Um, so I'm excited. Let's see. What else is quick news for you guys? Because I have so much stuff that I had to cover. I believe that's everything that is quick. So I'm going to play a new record that just came out last week from Diddy's new album. And then we're going to get into our music topics and talk our shit. So enjoy Stay Long with Summer Walker. Get into it. 
trying to figure out your lies If you trying to keep up with your lies I'll leave it at a snake So, yeah, um, Summer Walker is an amazing artist. Every time she's opening her mouth for music, absolute greatness. Puff is a great executive producer. He is on this album as well. But his executive production, to me, I don't know if people agree with me, but is what DJ Khaled thinks he'd be doing on his albums, if that makes sense. He's apparently dropping something next year, and he was when he walked in with Drake, at his most recent show, I believe it was his most recent show, he said, I got two Drake songs on my album coming 2024. It was corny, but we're used to him doing that by now. Um, but yeah, my point being, Puff got all these artists together, and he did an amazing job with just cohesiveness of the album. The songs that he picked were great. This original version of Stay Long, that song leaked months ago. And the original had Summer Walker, SZA, and Eric Bellinger was also on that record. Don't know why that version didn't get put on the album, but the song is still great regardless, you know what I mean? But we did miss out on a SZA feature on this song, officially. So, um, yeah, Puff did his thing, and it's good to see that his album is being is pretty much moderately successful right now. It's not like No Way Out numbers or anything like it's the 90s right now, but... It's doing great. That's real R&B on that album. And most R&B lovers would enjoy this album, I could say. So, yeah. Shout out to Puff. Shout out to Bad Boy. You did your thing. And, yeah. To get into other topics that have happened in the last few weeks. Um, Rolling Stones founder is racist, obviously. I mean, I feel like people should know about these things because they read certain articles and publications. But he has a new book that talked about some of the best musicians of all time. The book is titled Masters. Don't know if there's any like real implications from that, but this is uh, information coming from not Captain America on Twitter. Captain spelled C-A-P-N, and then you know everything else is the same. But he was asked by the New York Times why he focused on white male artists, and he said black and female artists just don't, quote, articulate at the level of white men. Now, this is going to be the quote directly from the New York Times. <sighs> His upcoming book called The Masters, which compiles interviews with seven musicians who are all white men, Bono, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, and Pete Townsend. Winner justified the lack of diversity by arguing that black and female artists, quote, just didn't articulate at the level of their white male peers. Insofar as the women, just none of them were are were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. Winner went on, Joni Mitchell, well, Joni Mitchell, um, was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet that test, not by her work, not by other interviews she did. The people I interviewed were the kind of philosophers of rock. I suppose when you use a word as broad as masters, the fault is using that word. Maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. Now... Do I expect this? Or not, not do I expect this? Am I surprised by this? No. Do I expect this? Yes. Given the time that Rolling Stone was founded, given the type of industry that the music industry is, given the way that black artists are still viewed to this day, doesn't matter what genre it is, I don't expect anything different from the people who are in control or create their control of certain aspects of the music industry like Rolling Stone has been seen as a a pillar of music magazines especially for rock and roll um for I don't know how many years since its founding honestly I don't know what year it was founded I can't tell you that off the top of my head but this being the founder it doesn't surprise me given how MTV moved it was the same way clearly because MTV didn't play black artists because they believed that they weren't um they weren't marketable until Michael Jackson broke that mold, even though they were artists before Michael Jackson that were very, very capable and deserving of being on MTV. Um, so Rolling Stone's no different. We've seen how Rolling Stone has put out countless lists. Obviously, the founder didn't write those things, but just the publication itself, to me, has not 
um, been a, I don't know, a true pioneer in anything. They kind of, well, especially recently, they just regurgitate Twitter topics or they get people who aren't members of the culture of whatever genre they're speaking about. It don't have to be hip hop. It don't have to be R&B, just any genre in general of music, just music culture in general. They're not people who are truly about what they're right about, if that makes sense. And the founder being someone who just said what he said, it doesn't surprise me. This is what someone like that would employ. Um, so this just goes back to, we need to respect and, uh, embrace black journalists. I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about black journalists in general. There are plenty of black journalists and even non-black journalists that aren't white. Um, just people of color journalists that do their job and take it very seriously, that love the music and the culture and the artistry and, you know, the creativity that is in the music industry. And those people need to be respected. And the artists that create this, this work within whatever genre, whether it's country, rock, R&B, hip hop, whatever, they need to be respected. This isn't an intellectual game. I don't know why certain white people always think that they're at a higher intellectual level than somebody and that they can believe that and just exclude people. Like, obviously, fuck Rolling Stone. We don't need Rolling Stone. But just the fact that they believe that is a problem. So, yeah, um, that's a problem. So, yeah, that is that topic to, you know, move forward. I do want to say that to formally apologize for being missing for the last like three and a half weeks, almost um, scheduling and adult stuff's been going on. I've been having to handle a whole lot of stuff. So most of that is done and I'm able to schedule doing my content again. I was still posting on Instagram every day, but it's been it had been, you know, very difficult in order to sit down and record or write or anything like that but all that's coming everything you guys seen in the newsletter for this month um that'll probably end up on next month's newsletter and i'll be working to get all that done for you guys for real this time because as soon as i got all that out ready to you know okay i'm about to start doing this everything start happening so i apologize um but yeah i have a lot of content coming a playlist is finished i'm just working out the super details a lot of stuff that i'm writing and, you know, what's the scoop? We're going to have a studio in there. You know, Anthony's getting that done. We're working on that. Um, yeah, it's a lot going on. So speaking of what's the scoop, though, I do want to say the respect for black businesses is not there. Generally speaking, I know that you guys that are listening probably aren't a part of that group, obviously. But I, if you guys do follow them, um, follow Anthony and his page on Instagram, you see that there's constant disrespect towards his business it's been broken into twice the recent video was someone walking by and just kicking the ice cream like if there's a ice cream plastic you know big cone in front of the door you know to welcome people in and they kicked it over and it's like why is there such blatant disrespect for black businesses in their own neighborhoods and this is not a political this is not a political question this is a y'all need to have some respect you know statement you know what i mean like why are we doing this to ourselves this is not a question for anybody else. This is for us. We need to respect our businesses that actually respect us. I understand if you have a bad um, experience with a black owned business, whether that's online or in person, that's an individual thing. But to just blatantly disrespect businesses or when we post things about, OK, we would like to have some respect or oh, we're going to have this coming. We got burner accounts of people DMing both me and him talking shit about whatever we got going on or like, oh, I hope that they do this again or, oh, it ain't that serious. You worried about something stupid or, oh, just talking shit in general. Like, what is wrong with y'all? I know that he can't say certain things because he's a business and, you know, all that. But that's my friend's business. And this is something that I'm a part of as far as the studio goes. And I can say anybody who has some bullshit to say, you can say it to me because I can say something back to you online. You guys support Anthony and do everything he's supposed to do with him because he's not someone who's going to do that. But me, I'm going to do it. So if you want to say something crazy, say it to me because I could say something back crazy to you. I don't give a fuck who you think you are. I don't give a shit what page you got. I don't care how many followers you have. You got all everybody fucked up. You got black community fucked up because we're building something for them. You want to do things for y'all. You have yourself fucked up if you're black because this is something that will benefit you. If you live in San Francisco, you're fucking stupid because this is something that you can come and enjoy. And 
if you're just a random person on the internet that has no life and just don't know what the fuck they do with themselves, shut the fuck up. And that's that. So again, what's the scoop? We'll be having a lot going on as the year continues and time goes on. And whenever those things do get there, I will be updating y'all. And yeah, it'll be a lot more content coming from there. So that is that. And uh, yeah. So another quick thing, I, not quick, but you know, I'm not going to cover it the way that the internet covered it last week. Nikki and Cardi got into it indirectly because her husband, Kenny, threatened offset and he is now on probation or house arrest, I should say, um, for violating probation by threatening him online or something like that because it was alive and he said he was talking shit. I didn't see the exact full thing, but he ended up on house arrest for up to 120 days, I believe. So up to four months house arrest. Um, Nikki was talking shit online saying, you know, every time you flop, you can't, you know, go crying to the police or whatever in reference to bongos, which I'm going to get to later. But yeah, um, the Nikki Cardi thing, I've already spoken on it plenty of times. If you want to go back and listen to what I have to say about it, do your thing. But if you don't, to summarize, Nicki Minaj is a hip hop legend who has a solidified resume in the genre and in music in general. Cardi B has been out for six years now and we have one album and like three or four singles. Yes, she's gone number one twice. I think Yes, twice. And, you know, congratulations to all her success. She's done amazing things. But stop comparing these two artists. There's not a comparison here. Let people be successful separately, you know. Cardi B is not a legend yet. Cardi B is a great artist who has had countless success in the industry but again she's not someone who respects the culture she can say all she wants but we have clips of her saying that that's not the case she's in it for money she said that from jump and i'm gonna wish her success and everything but when it comes to hip-hop culture and oh who do i care about when it comes to this culture shit she's not on that list and that's no disrespect that's just based on her own words um so yeah that's how i feel about that as far as what nikki's husband did he got caught online saying some shit he shouldn't have been saying online that violated his probation, and that's why he's in the position that he's in. Um, as far as Offset and Cardi B snitching allegations, whatever, I have no proof of that. I'm not going to sit here and say they did anything, but, you know, it is what it is, honestly. I just wish that, uh, or hope that both fan bases can realize that uh, what I said is the case. Um, Nikki's fan base is really isn't focused towards them because they're just going to get charged up regardless. But Nikki's a legend, Nikki's an icon, and Cardi B's fan base talking shit is pointless because without Nikki, there would be no Cardi, and it is what it is. Um, the beef thing, I've spoken on it before, and y'all just want to go back and hear me from back then, because none of my statements have changed there. So, speaking of bongos, it did not, you know, it was not successful, it flopped, and then Megan came out saying that she, you know, she's not worried about numbers, blah, blah, blah. And same thing with Cardi. We know that's not true. But, you know, it is what it is. It's not true. Uh, this is not just for them. This goes for all artists. Whenever you're hyping up a record and you're trying to do certain things, WAP came out and went number one. But the difference is 2020 was an election year. That was a very raunchy song. Yes, I wasn't against it. WAP was an amazing record. Great record. They both did their thing on their video. It was great, et cetera, et cetera. Politicians latched onto that because they had something that they could try to ignite their fan bases over. And the opposite had something they could latch onto with the artists to try to, you know, get their fan bases over. So you had all of that going on. You had everyone talking about it online because we were in quarantine. You had everything happening with Megan being, you know, on the rise at that point, like the way I Spice has been this year, that's where Megan was in 2020 or 2019 to 2020. So you had all that going on. And then Cardi dropping a new record after Money, I believe, because um, she hadn't dropped a record since Money. I'm just, I'm real confused because Up came out too, but it's in between that, right? So it was a lot of factors that led to that, um, that song going number one. So to try to recreate that, Three years later, when Cardi still has yet to put out an album, Megan's albums have not been as successful as she's hoped. Yes, they went gold, but it took two years to do so, or three years actually to do so. Um, Traumazine just went gold. And, you know, that's not the success that you want as a three-time Grammy winner. 
nor is it the success that you expect, given everything that happened with the case that everyone keeps bringing back up, even though they shouldn't, because her name is now forever tied to Tories. And that's a whole nother story that you could listen to on any other podcast that I've talked about on it until something else happens. But yeah, that the song was nowhere near number one. And then they came out saying they don't want to they don't care about numbers. That's not how that works. Two artists at that magnitude or the magnitude that they think they're at, they care about numbers because they are on deals. Megan just signed a new deal with Columbia, I believe. And Cardi's at Atlantic and Atlantic signs everybody and they don't give a shit what you doing as long as you're making money. If your song flops, it's not happening. You tried to recreate WAP. You lied and said, oh, this is not the song you think it is. You know, y'all think it's going to be like, you know, but it's not came out and you said eat this ass or pound this ass like a drum or whatever it's the same rhetoric and i say rhetoric just in the definition sense not like republican sense but it's the same type of lyrics that wap had that's not an issue but to say oh that's not what it is and then it comes out in the same shit when we knew it was the same shit let's be honest with ourselves bro cardi b and megan on a song they talk about shaking ass or fucking it is what it is given the success of the first one given the rollout of this one and everything we knew what this was going to be but again, also, this is fall. Y'all dropped this before summer last time. This, If this song's going to come out, should have came out in April or May. But here we are in September. Um, You know, fall is now here and starting to get cozy outside. R&B albums is coming out. And you're talking about bongos. Like, come on now. Will it pop off next year? Maybe. But it ain't going to pop off now. We're getting into Christmas album season. Come on now. So that's that. Also, Megan said this on uh, the 19th. She was talking with Genius, or talking with Billboard, and Genius posted it, talking about new music. It's definitely coming very soon. I'm really excited about this chapter of my life because I feel like I'm closing, finally closing all the old chapters. And now I'm starting with a blank slate, very fresh, very new. I think the hotties are going to be so excited. I'm trying different things. Expect a lot of rawness, a lot of realness, a lot of shit talking. Just know I'm coming, and I hope everybody is ready. Now, that is the same shit we heard before Traumazine came out. Um, that is the same shit we heard when good news was coming out and I have to wait and see because you've put out two and a half disappointing albums. And, uh, as far as turning that page, you have not turned that page because after that we seen you in a mental health commercial, not that mental health is a bad thing, but it was very, it came off very corny. Um, it just, it just came off corny to me. If you think that I'm wrong for thinking that, I don't know what to tell you. But it came off corny to me, um, especially with the the ending. It's just weird. But every time that something goes down and she's like, oh, I'm I'm strong. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then we turn around and we have the opposite being shown again. It's like, bro, we got to pick one. We can't be both all the time over and over and over again. That cycle's not working, clearly, because you're not selling. So we need to try something new. Um, that's not an indictment against her. It's just like, bro. You're a great artist. You're very talented, but we, we got to cut the shit. So, yeah, um, that's that. Now, to get into another topic, we have Kanye West. Now, before I get into Kanye West, I'm going to just turn on this record for y'all. Then I'm going to talk over it. But I need y'all to hear this intro because I played it before last year when Kanye was going through his, his drama with Adidas and all these other companies. But given the topic and what's being said now, I believe that we need to hear it again. Money. Yes, I'm leaving the flag, your country trusts you. 
Now you're wearing a badge, you're called the Just View. And you're fighting the wars, that's all you must do. I'll never betray or deceive you, my friend, but... If you show me the cash, then I will take it. If you tell me to cry, then I will fake it. If you give me a hand, then I will shake it. You will do anything for money. Anything, anything, anything for money. So, Adidas CEO spoke on Kanye West's quote-unquote anti-Semitism. Only speaking about what he said about music executives, by the way, when I say that. So, Jorn Golden, the chief executive of Adidas, has given his first in-depth public comment on the fallout of his company's relationship with Kanye West following the rapper-designer's repeated anti-Semitic outbursts last year. This is the quote from Golden himself. I think Kanye West is one of the most uh, creative people in the world, both in music and what I call street culture. Golden said after being questioned about West on the Norwegian podcast in Good Company. He's extremely creative and has, together with um, Adi, created a Yeezy line that was very successful. And then as a creative person, he made some statements, which wasn't that good. And that caused Adi to break the contract and withdraw the product. Very unfortunate because I don't think he meant what he said. And I don't think he's a bad person. It just came across that way. Golden continued to say that Adidas lost, quote, one of the most successful collabs in history, which he described as very sad. When you work with third parties, that could happen. It's a part of the game. That can happen with an athlete. It can happen with an entertainer. It's a part of the business, he added. Now, before I continue, they're saying Adidas lost this, Adidas lost that, Adidas lost this. You cut ties less than two days or less than three days i should say because it was very quick all the companies were quick but adidas cut ties so fucking fast and dropped the statement on just complete you know fuck what he's talking about fuck you da 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 we don't stand for this obviously that's not exact words because i read it on the podcast last year but they cut ties so fast and then a year later I don't believe he's, you know, he meant what he said. He's, you know, he's not a bad person. It just came across that way. While you're still actively selling Yeezys right now. You cut ties and said you would not be selling any Yeezy product. You lost almost a billion dollars. And then you were like, okay, let's get rid of these Yeezys. I've purchased some, you know what I mean? I wanted some Yeezys. So, you know, they cheap now. Cool. Let's get them. But Adidas said they wouldn't do this and they were going to sell them without the Yeezy branding and all types of shit. And then a year after this, we're just sitting here talking about Kanye West is not a bad person. Really? So to continue in the article, the company indicated that the move cost $246 million in 2022 alone. So just last year, just that quarter last year, they lost a quarter billion. Now, uh, wow, I just, I don't understand it. Endeavor CEO R. Emanuel, Gersh's Bob Gersh, UTA's Jerry Zimmer all spoke out to condemn him, and Adidas did too, don't leave that out deadline. Um, but yeah, apparently, Kanye West is not that bad of a person, according to the CEO of Adidas. And I don't know why it took him to tell y'all that, but that's Kanye West's debacle with Adidas. Now, other things going on with my boy Yeezy is he has a new album coming out. There's no release date, no nothing. It will probably be a surprise release. Um, let me see what information I have on that. So West is reportedly hard at work on his next album, which sources close to the rapper state could be dropped sometime soon, potentially without warning. So if he goes Beyonce style, by the way, that's from NFR podcast. Shout out to them. If he drops Beyonce style, it's going to pop off. And there have been a lot of leaks. I posted one of them, um, a music video for the song he did with Andre 3000. Apparently that was recorded in 2020 and we didn't get it till now. The song released in 2021, but you know, again, two years, three years later, we're getting the music video. I posted a clip of it and I will have an alternative version to flashing lights music video dropping either Sunday or Monday for y'all. And it's uh, it's great. So Kanye's had a lot of leaks going on. Also, his Jesus is King 2 that he was in the studio with Dr. Dre working on. I don't know if you guys remember that. That whole album leaked. And this is a quote from producer Frederick, who claims that Kanye West was the one who leaked that album. And his following reaction was in a tweet. So he says, 
Kanye is a 5150 psychotic double-crossing leaking bitch. Now, my thing is, this is his fucking album. He could drop it and leak it whenever he want to. Because one, I'm pretty sure, I'm not, don't quote me because I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming that Kanye West owns his masters. Because when he got out of all these deals and shit last year, there's a lot of things he got out of. So he could leak, he could drop, he could do whatever he wants to do with his music. If you're a producer and you're like, oh damn, I'm not going to make money off this. Hey, sorry to you. But, you know, calling Kanye 5150 when we already seen what happened to him in 2016, plus everything that was said to him last year. You know, you don't look great, bro. Because Kanye West was threatened with that by the same person who did it the first time. And then for you to call him that when something leaks. You just don't, I don't, you know, I'm not fucking with that, bro. So... Shout out to Kanye. We're going to get some new shit soon, and I will be dropping random new Kanye stuff. Um, if I'm able to post some type of clip with the leaked music, I'll try. I got to figure out how to do that. But again, this is a part of that whole thing. You know, the whole thing of what I was saying, what I got a lot of content coming. I'm working on new stuff. I'm getting myself on camera more, at least trying to. So, yeah, um, y'all going to see a lot more of me on my Instagram, and we gonna we just going to get it rolling. So, yeah, that's Kanye. Now, to switch over to another album that's coming out soon, like I said, Drake's All For All The Dogs is coming out next week. He dropped the song Slime You Out with SZA. Charlemagne's dumbass said, oh, ain't nobody checking for Drake, blah, 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 blah. And then that was proven false, and Drake talked his shit on Instagram about it. So, you know, it went number one, and Drake is now one record away going number one to tying Michael Jackson. Now, I don't think that it is the same record in today's day and age because back when Michael Jackson was breaking all these records and setting all these records, you had to actively go out, standing a long-ass line, buy music physically, and then play that shit to death on the radio, et cetera, et cetera, for it to go number one, right? Now, you just pick up your phone and stream it. Now, is the ease of access great? Absolutely. However, it's not the same way to just get streams and break records and all that. If Michael Jackson had streaming... In 1982-83, these records would be so fucking crazy, they would never be broken. Plus, he would have been selling the same numbers physically. That's that's how I feel. You know what I mean? So, congratulations to Drake. Absolutely congratulations to Drake. People that are upset about it, it's like it is what it is. We are in a different age where music sells differently, and artists should be compensated for it. Don't forget that. But, yeah, I don't feel a way. What I do feel a way about is people that take shit and reach or go way out of context to get angry about something because they already don't like somebody. Now, the same thing that I said with um, when Drake dropped his album with 21 Savage and you got to track nine and decided to get upset for Megan Thee Stallion and call them all types of pedophiles and all this other shit, which is information that you had in your brain that you believed to be true before you got to that record. And then, you know, you're like, oh, well, fuck Drake, because he talks shit about them. I'm going to just air out all this information I think is true. The same thing would apply here, but on a lower scale. It's just ignorant as hell. When Drake said whips and chains like American slaves, everyone is upset about that, right? Now, he's Canadian. He's also half black, half Jewish. Y'all started actually saying things that would be considered anti-Semitic. Oh, this Jewish blah, 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 blah. He just talking shit. Fuck him. He not black for real. Da, 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 da. Now, first of all, let me ask y'all a question. As someone with an ethnic studies degree, were we or were we not in whips and chains? The answer would be yes, right? Now, with that information... Would this be the first time that we've ever heard a reference to slavery or any other civil rights related topic in a hip hop or R&B record? No, no, it would not. I can name you other times that it was brought up. Lil Wayne rapped about Emmett Till. Um, Nas has rapped about these things like storytelling wise. Drake is talking about, you know, a hard relationship and getting treated bad or treating someone bad, blah, blah, blah. American slaves were treated bad. That is the reference that he's making. This is not a fuck black people, fuck black Americans. Nothing was said in that reference. So all you black people that figured out she was black in 2016, I need y'all to shut the fuck up. Please get off of X, Twitter, whatever y'all want to call it and cut this dumb shit out. 
because y'all are the same ones that one made the record go number one, even though you hated the shit so much, right? You hated it so much. And I'm not, I'm not checking for that shit. When I heard that part, I said, fuck this record. It went number one. So someone's lying. On top of that, y'all the same people, you know, when Doja Cat pissed everybody off, let me get to her album in a second because it was hard. But when Doja Cat pissed everybody off and we were like, okay, what's going on? Why is she saying ABC? And then a lot of y'all was like, well, fuck her music. Da, 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 da. She was breaking streaming records. I was waiting a couple days to listen to the shit. She was breaking streaming records before I had heard the damn song outside of TikTok. So someone's lying. I need y'all to stop getting on the internet and looking to be mad or getting on the internet because you don't like somebody and then latching on to some stupid ass reach that someone makes or stupid ass opinion that someone has and just blowing it up. Because one, you look stupid when the song goes number one. Because clearly everybody's listening to this shit. The way y'all talking, fuck the song. The song peaked at number 60 on the Hot 100 or something. The way y'all talking. But, you know, Drake went number one. Charlemagne saying that people aren't checking for Drake, that was stupid. He literally was on tour where he dropped a new record with SZA of all people. Like, come on now. Now, the one thing I will say is, the cover being Holly Berry, you know, it's called Slime You Out, whatever. She doesn't have access to the photo because she doesn't own the photo of herself. I never felt right with that where people don't own the photos of themselves. You know what I mean? He didn't ask her and she felt a way about it. And she has every right to feel a way about it. Drake could have reached out to Holly Berry. It's not like Drake can't reach out to Holly Berry. They're both famous as rich black people. I'm pretty sure they have contacts or know a contact of a contact to get him, you know, contact with each other so that i understand you being upset about the records uh cover and you know he should have gave proper you know he should have went around about that the right way same way that she feels away the same way the khalees felt away when her record was used even though she had like credit in the thing she felt away that's just how that's that's just how that go but the record itself getting upset about that line shut the fuck up bro you need to stop get a life go outside touch some grass I mean, you know, it's it is fall now. So put on a hoodie, get outside, feel the breeze, you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying? Get some hot cocoa at Starbucks, walk around and look at the real world. And then also remember, black people in America did not enslave black people in America. Yes, Drake is Canadian, but guess what his father is? Black American. Guess what his uncle is? Black American. Guess what half his damn family is? Black American. He can say that. If, if this pissed you off that much, Drake saying nigga since 2006 should have pissed you off more. And if you don't get that, if that didn't compute in your head, then get off the fucking internet and go read a book because that's what you need to do. But yeah, that that is how I feel about um, Slime You Out. Great record. You know, it was cool. It did its thing. I don't expect the whole album to sound like that, obviously, but great record. Now, other new albums, you know, I brought up Doja, so I'm going to get into Doja's first. But first, I'm going to play a record from it so y'all can, you know, hear it. Agora Falls has been popping. I'm not going to play that. If you want to hear that record, slap that on your own or go listen and slash watch uh, my girlfriend's new makeup video. She used that song for her makeup videos on TikTok. It's going crazy. Slay with Brie on TikTok. Follow her. If you want to learn about makeup, you want to see great content, follow her. And Slay with Brie is Slay with, and then Brie is B-R-I-E-E, so... Follow her on TikTok for me if you fuck with me or if you, you know, want to support my girlfriend. Do that. But yeah, this is called Shut Show. It is the song before Agora Falls on Scarlet. Hope y'all enjoy and I will talk about the album once that is over. Shut your bitch up. 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 Shut your bitch up.
ever stop me, let them get dragged Get back, little hoe, you don't know me like that X lag, saying shit, they need to check fast Y'all gon' make me sick, body bitch Where's body bitch? Put you in the box, body bitch Get body bitch You don't wanna talk, body bitch Lips, probably zip Stop calling me sis, body bitch We not akin, you do not exist To me, miss, I'm not your friend I'ma let him wish, by me bitch Kiss, by me bitch Y'all be steady dick, riding bitch You piss on me bitch I just want my toes in the sand One hundred bands, body looking real overseas Hips, motherland can't even sit in my chair, zip all my pants I did all the things I ain't need, I don't wanna dance Got a lot of things to be happy about happy Run my check up while they run my way Got you cussing on a Sunday now on a Sunday. Run my check up while they run my way Shut your goofy ass up, shut your Now that, that sounds like how Doja Cat's supposed to sound. I've been listening to Doja Cat for a long time. My sister put me on in 2016, 17. And that was a mix of what she does now, being polished, and what she used to sound like with the, you know, little pop sounds in the background, little singing shit. I fuck with that. Now, to get into the whole debacle that she had with, you know, just talking crazy to her fans, et cetera, et cetera. Clearly, that was all promo and rollout. Is she weird for that? Absolutely, 100%. I'm not taking that away. And I said everything that I said, and I stand by it. Um, Did the people end up not listening to her music because of it? No. Um, Her album is set to do great things. It's a great album, great body of work. It was cohesive. I like the way that the songs, you know, went back to back to back. I will be writing about this when it's just on the list of content that I got to do for y'all. But... Yeah, um, I really appreciate this album. It sounds like how Doja Cat's supposed to sound. It wasn't all this shit that she was talking about in the sense of fuck her old sound that was, you know, that was trying to cash grab, blah, blah, blah. Is it more raw? Yes. But it's not in this in the extreme sense that the way she was talking crazy to everybody. It wasn't worth all that. It was unnecessary. I feel like she would have been just fine without that. But now she has merch referencing it. So it's like clearly this was a part of her plan. So if it worked for her, fuck it. I would never talk crazy to fans if I had fans that way. I would never do anything like that, and I don't condone that behavior. But the music itself, absolutely great. Love it. Congratulations on a new album. And that's how I feel. Um, Agora Falls had great samples in it and everything like that. So I hope that you guys do research the music that you listen to and it comes out, you know, to help you educate yourself and things like that. So, yeah. Um, Another new album that came out was Nas. He dropped Magic 3, which is his sixth and final album with Hit Boy. And I believe that he had something to say to us before he dropped it. Let me check and make sure, because I'm pretty sure I had notes on it. Okay, he didn't say something, but uh, Hit Boy did. He said six albums in three years. The last Hit Boy produced Nas album this Thursday, and it dropped on his birthday when he turned 50 on the 14th. And um, I really fucked with it. Nas is Nas. Hit Boy is Hit Boy. They've made great music together, and I hope that, you know, one day we get a random single where we get the Lucys that didn't make any of those six albums. I don't know if there are going to be a lot of throwaway tracks because they did six albums together. It's a lot of music, but one day, maybe. Um, also, new music, Tizo Touchdown dropped, and he sold 8,000 copies first week. He didn't chart. Now, the thing that makes me feel weird about that, only because people take sales so seriously when it comes to new artists Tizo touchdown yes he was at he was at matter of fact he was at the uh drake concert that i went to in san francisco when me and my girl went to um, san francisco to see drake Tizo touchdown was in the building did he perform or anything no but when drake did his segment where he was at the dj booth Tizo was in there with him now when an album doesn't sell that does not mean the music is bad for one um 
and Worldwide Hef, Barry Hefner on Twitter, had this to say. Why do we continue to gauge the quality of an artist's music by numbers? Is it due to Instagram cosigns, appearance of looking bigger than they are? Either way, this generation is killing off their actual talented artists with social commentary like this. Because they're asking, is it still in your rotation because it didn't chart? Based on the numbers, I don't think people, one, either knew he dropped, two, knew who he was, three, had it in the rotation to begin with. The conversation should be, this album is out now. Here's the quality of music. You should guys should go check it out and listen. If you like it, cool. Then he's going to sell. If they don't like it, cool. He doesn't sell. People need to appreciate the music that is out, whether or not it's selling. Victoria Monet, it's popping right now. Did she sell that much? No, she didn't. She's selling. She's doing great on tour. She's doing everything she's supposed to do as a talented artist. But she's not selling Drake numbers. She's not putting up SZA numbers. She's just as talented, but she's not putting up those numbers. That does not mean that these artists are not great. Tiso Touchdown just got in the game. Give the nigga a chance. He sold 8,000. He sold 8,000 more than he sold selling zero. It's niggas that have sold zero that aren't talented. It's niggas that have sold zero that are talented. You need to embrace artists that care about their work while they still care about it. Because the second that he decides to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to put out some bullshit that I know people are going to stream. Then you're going to be upset. Oh, the quality of music changed. You didn't give a shit when he was when he was putting out quality music. So I don't think that you guys should be having, again, like he said, social commentary about the fact that they dropped for the first time ever and flopped. This is not the conversation like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion coming out trying to recreate something that they did that was successful. And then it, then it bombs and they're like, oh, I don't care about numbers. You care about numbers. Artists that just got out. He's going to care about numbers, but the fact that numbers are the only thing that y'all are talking about, you're not even talking about the music. Come on now. One tweet said under underappreciated in its own time. That's cool. But to ask, is it still in your rotation? That's just a backhanded. Come on now. Like, let's be serious. You sold 8K. What do you mean? Is it still in your rotation? Have some respect. Okay. But yeah, that's that as far as new music goes. I'm nearing the end of all my topics, but I did want to close out with something great. Mason Cam, you know, I'm a Harlem, I'm a Harlem nigga from the Bay Area when it comes to some things that I listen to. And I love Mason's my favorite rapper, just personal favorite. He's not the best ever or anything. But him and Cam on his show, we're talking about why he introduced him to Biggie. And here, I'm just let them talk. Wait, yeah. I get a lot of people in the comments before yeah. we go. I want to ask Mace two questions a week because Mace doesn't get interviews. So a lot of people be like, yo, you can ask Mace this, you can ask Mace that. Seriously, this word everything I love. So I want to say every week I'm going to ask Mace two questions that the fans ask me that he doesn't do because Mace doesn't do interviews. All right. And, and you know, he'll say he's not talking about it. Or he will. So I'll just say I'm delivering the message. All right. So one question that I got. Yeah is that a lot of people want to know, and they always ask me this, is that when you had your record deal, why did you take me to Biggie Smalls and not Bad Boy? Mm, that's the... Um, man, it's almost going to bring me to tears to say this. I just, being that I saw you as, as such a good friend, I wanted to put you with somebody I knew with. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. A lot of people ask me that on Instagram, yeah, man. Don't have me. That's why I'm here crying and shit, it. man. I don't want to get emotional knew, in here, man. Instantly, I knew Biggie would, would do right by you. Right. So right. I, I thought he would do the best. Thank you, man. I, I don't got time to start crying in here, murder. So, yeah, it's it's good to see that, that two good friends can talk like this now because it's been, like, yeah, they've been great for the last year and a half, but it's like, or about a year. Um, questions like this need to be asked. And he said he took him to Biggie because Biggie was going to start his own label um, the way that Mace did but before he retired. But Biggie said, I'm going to do, or he thought Biggie was going to do right by him. So Mace was like, yeah, that's why I brought you here versus Bad Boy. Because we've seen what happened to all the Bad Boy artists. Mace just got his shit back. Cam would have been in the same boat with him. So, and we don't know what Cam would have, you know, would have done given the circumstances of everything that happened. So, Mace taking Cam to Biggie got him on that label, which led to him getting on to Rockefeller, which led to everything that we see now. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to this. So 
I'm going to make sure that I continue to tune into that show because I already do. And shout out to them for the deal that they got. Um, yeah. So that is a little history tidbit for y'all from the man himself. And yeah, if you guys didn't know, when Cam first got in the game, he wrote the song Crush On You for Lil' Kim and Lil' C's. Because Mace was given that record to write and he gave it to Cam to write to get him his first little check. And then after that, he took him to Biggie. And that's when he rapped for Biggie and that's when he got signed to Biggie. And when Biggie passed away, he still dropped his first album on that label. And um, yeah, so that's that story. So yeah, I want to close out and say I appreciate all of you. Content is on the way. I will make sure that I have the um, newsletter come out Sunday. I'm going to try to make sure that y'all enjoy this episode um, and more episodes. I'm not going to drop on Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to let this whole week pass out or pass through, get all the news together. And then next, next Tuesday, I'll drop and get back on my regular schedule. So I appreciate y'all. But if you want me to drop Friday to Saturday like I'm doing right now, let me know. But yeah, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all so much. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all the support, all the, uh, you know, going viral, even when I wasn't even doing that much. I appreciate it. And like I always say, black people, stay together.
baby. 